0: Good afternoon and good evening wherever and whenever you may be and welcome to episode 105 of the Fate of Black podcast. I'm a Warman. woman.
1: I'm Hannah Flint.
2: And I'm Clarice Lockery.
0: This week, hey we power up with the Super Mario Bros movie.
2: ding ding ding, ding.
0: <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Clarice, for that. Okay. <laughs> what have you started? Uh, get our kicks on with air and accept the mission in Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre. Plus, in our hot take, with Moana receiving the live-action treatment only six years after its original release and Warner Brothers exploring a Harry Potter TV series, we ask, how much IP is too much IP? Hmm? We'll get into that later. But speaking of IP, Mandalorian. We're recording this on a Wednesday morning. We have all just seen the latest episode of The Mandalorian. How are we feeling about it? Clarice, I'm going to come to you first.
2: Um, <laughs> I'm kind of torn between the fact that this show is called The Mandalorian and Din Djarin has done absolutely
0: fuck all this <laughs> um, We name the, it Bo-Katan squeeze.
2: It's basically Clone Wars live action. Which but I have I'm no problem with. Torn between that and the fact that everything he's done so far has been intensely in character. <laughs> and I, I think he's becoming my favourite Star Wars character because I... I loved that. He just started kicking the droid. <laughs> <laughs> Post like, stop. He's like.
0: <coughs> Hold on. Before, um, th- 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 this is really interesting. So I just want to establish something. Before Mando, your favorite Star Wars character was?
2: Salacious b Crumb,
0: Of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hannah, where's Mando ranking in your favorite Star Wars characters? Is he threatening the top three or top one? What's going on?
1: Uh, yeah, he's up there. I don't really have an official ranking. I'm just an equal opportunity uh, Star Wars fan. Um,
0: Obviously, obviously Dr. Afro is your number one.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah. But of course we're talking live action, like whatever. Uh, Dr. Afro, of course, everything. Always. Um, I was a little disappointed in my little Grogu. Mm. Except in a knighthood. That is, we don't, we don't. But we don't Lisa, we don't recognise uh, royalty in this hu- in this household. No, sorry. sorry. Uh, I'm gonna have a strong strong word with him after this podcast,
2: Sir Grogu. Sir Grogu,
1: this is a Republican household.
0: Grogu <laughs> did what all of us would do and leapt straight into Lizzo's arms at the earliest opportunity. Um, do you think respect. Lizzo
1: was playing the flute for it? You know, because she had like a little flute oh. motif when they came into like the the world. Oh my God,
2: maybe I was wondering, like,
1: does she do the flute? <laughs> also, Possibly. I think Jack Black. One
2: thing it was missing.
1: Also, I think Jack Black's um, beard has never been so suited <laughs> to you know what I mean? Because that's just like just normal day to day beard. I'm like, oh, it yeah. actually really suits this sort of character. And also, yeah. what I find really interesting, what I really enjoyed about this episode, um even from the first, like, the the kind of cold open of it, it does really feel like the comic the comic books, um, especially ones that you get that aren't specifically about, like, the Skywalker saga, and you get into the ins and outs of it, like, I mm. kind of really love that establishing, like, there are people living their lives and doing things mm. outside of the main main body of um, characters. Um, I thought that mm. was a really, and it reminded me of a storyline that I saw where, like, a, a prince tries to escape for love and then it's just like no they're gonna get him back you know it's it's there's a really cool um bounty hunters um comic book run about in star wars that kind of reminded me of that as well so yeah so i, I appreciate yeah, this yeah. i think the storytelling's as much as it not it's not as much about din mm.
0: um
1: uh and i don't know what's going on with like his growth like what's he gonna do because it feels like he's mm. been i do think it's it's this is a bo Katan series more yeah. than a din series But yeah, but I suppose that's the, you know, the perks of calling it the Mandalorian. There's a lot of them. It could be anyone. Mm
0: -hmm. Speaking of Bo-Katan, she gets what she has long desired at the end of this episode, uh, but not in the way that I think any of us would have imagined uh, because Din just hands her the lightsaber and, you know, what a convincing explanation to go along with it. Uh, because a few episodes back, uh, she did use it to save him after he was captured. Uh, and so that is the reasoning he gives for, you know, you, she she did, she did earn this in battle. He's even it, you
1: know what? It reminds <laughs> me, uh, not to like bring up Harry Potter, but it really does remind me of like the kind of, uh, the logic of the Elder Wonder Wand. wand. <laughs> I was like, oh, this has got a lot of crossover.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, big moment. Um, I'm just and, like, where's
1: Moff Gideon? When's he popping up? Giancarlo oh, he, he, I'm like, is, when it's, though? It's taking too long. Come on.
0: It's it's inevitable. It's inevitable. If, if we go, because we've done like the final two episodes now already. Um, if we go those final two episodes without seeing Moff Gideon, I will be shocked.
1: Yeah. Shot, I dropped. I also really like the kind of, the thing about, um, you know, the politics and the separatist thing. I thought that was a really cool mm-hmm. like way of like, it was like an old, old dude's like, Back in my day, we were just old
0: school fascists. <laughs> <laughs> Count Very Dooku much. represents Um Yeah. Yeah, who solid solid
1: and R.I.P.E. Crisper
0: Lee. Indeed. Indeed. And
2: I just wanna say there is a good star uh, there was a good Disney Parks reference in this episode. <laughs> Of course he'd spot that. (laughs) What
0: was it? In the droid
2: bar, there is an, I think they're called the RX pilot droids. Um, The little like round head, round body. Uh, And that's the droid that Rex is who piloted the Star Tours ride until he was decommissioned. And now he DJs at Galaxy's Edge. (laughs) So I wonder if it was him and he was getting reprogrammed to become a DJ. (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> that's yeah. one of my favorite uh character arcs in all the star wars is pilot to dj <laughs> it's never too late to
0: pursue your dreams that I, that is now my head canon for what is going on there thank
2: you I, I also it's like canon. it's also There's a like story waiting about I, a DJ.
1: I kind of thought they were going to drop like um another comics referencing because when they first arrive and see those two imperial droids i was like <gasps> I was like, for a second, I thought it was going to be Triple Zero and BT. These, like, murder murder (laughs) droids. So I feel like at some point, please, just let them pop up because it'd be hilarious if they were reprogrammed. Because they just, like, want to murder everyone and kill everyone, and they're hilarious, and they go on lots of adventures with... um, I don't know if I've told you about Dr. Aphra, but, um, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's come up once or twice. Um, Before we move on to the show, uh, I've got to talk about Spider-Verse trailer that just dropped this week, uh, which, you know what, the footage for that... Obviously, looks very very exciting, and I cannot wait to see it. But just in terms of trailer craft, it was not the best trailer in that regard. Um, very thrown together, seemingly to a degree. with a lot of stuff, a lot of dialogue. That honestly, I had to watch it a, a couple of times to catch some of the things uh, that it was doing. And I don't think you know a, a better crafted trailer. I think would have done that slightly better. Even the even the choice of track. I get using What's Up Danger, obviously, that track is iconic with the most iconic scene from the first the movie, but try and do something new. I would have preferred a new track for this specific trailer, but with all that said, still very, very excited. Uh, the visuals, the characters, the memes, they recreate the iconic meme in the trailer. It's a very funny moment. Uh, yeah, cannot wait. And it's a big, big week for the trailer. We also have Barbie, which... Uh mm. Clarice says, you know, I've i said Spider-Verse is the film of the year. Clarice says Barbie is the film of the year. We have not yet watched these films. Uh, but it's gonna be interesting to see if they hold those titles come release. Uh, I think I this could be Ryan that.
1: Gosling's Oscar win.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a big statement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would absolutely love that. I did um, I did
1: um I did love in the character posters where it's like, it has um, uh, what's the <laughs> place? Emerald Fennel's, like this is Mitch. <laughs> and it has big um, and Peggy energy.
0: <laughs> is it Peggy? Yeah. Yep, 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 yeah. yep. I love that. And then you also had the trailer for Secret Invasion, I haven't seen uh, it. which is which is the uh, next uh, Marvel Disney Plus series, which i think looks really good i like the tone of it um you know i'm always here for more serious marvel stuff and given some of their more comedic stuff hasn't fully landed of late i feel like this has come along at the right time uh so yeah waiting for a jam-packed summer of goodness i'm looking forward to it i'm also looking forward to the rest of the show and let's get started with the super mario bros not sure if you know who i am But I'm about to rule the world. Wow, uh, yay. But there's one problem. There's a human has a mustache just like you. (laughs) Do you think I know every human being with a mustache wearing an identical outfit with a hat with the letter of his first name on it? (laughs) Because I don't. Peaches, 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 peaches. Oh, 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 yeah! I got a really, um, really very great <laughs> insight. <laughs> Something I don't want to
1: get insight
0: into. Ah, <laughs> uh, one of the most hilarious moments in the film, with not many hilarious moments. But we'll get into that. Uh, Super Mario Bros. With help from Princess Peach. Mario gets ready to square off against the all powerful Bowser to stop his plans from conquering the world. This is directed by Aaron Horvath and Michael Jelenic, from a screenplay by Matthew Fogel, and the film stars Chris Pratt, Anya Taylor Joy, Charlie Day, Jack Black, Keegan Michael Key, Seth Rogen, Fred Armisen, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Sebastian Maniscalco. Super Mario, big fan of the games, um, obviously, anyone with even a passing knowledge kinda knows what Mario and Luigi sound like and the casting it's of Chris <laughs> like that. And the casting of Chris Pratt especially raised some eyebrows, shall we say. Now that we have seen the full film, how are we feeling about the way Mario sounds and how that relates to the classic sounds of Mario? Uh Hannah I'm gonna start with you.
1: Well, I'm glad that de- they didn't uh go kept the use of the Italian accent to a minimum uh unless you're gonna get the guy who did it <laughs> the original voice actor and it or I just don't you just don't want it you don't want like a Jared Leo situation so I think it was good how they kind of made it They kind of we had it in there but like not in a way that felt just grossly <laughs> stereotypical um I don't know I think it's interesting look Chris Pratt is kind of like an okay voice actor i suppose he's done quite a lot of mm. voice work i liked him lego like movie mm-hmm. um he was fine and onward um i just i think it you know again it's like they're italian americans they not lose them. it would have been funny if they got it would have been felt a bit more like lived in i don't know a bit more authentic if they did get someone who was italian american to do it but you know, that didn't, it didn't offend me how he played it, especially as they seemed to be quite young versions of them as well. It seemed that they were like 20 odd. I don't know. I got the impression that they were quite. Yeah, they weren't exactly like, you know, Bob Hoskins,
0: <laughs> forty yeah.
1: something jaded by life.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was sort of one of my things going into this. You know, we, I know Hannah, we've had discussions about, about this before, but something like Kubo and the Two Strings, which is a film that I otherwise really, really enjoy, but all the actors, all the voice actors in that film are not from the region that Kubo is putting on screen. And I'm like, we wouldn't probably accept a Chris Pratt live action Mario because there'd be a discussion about it, there'd be backlash, all the rest of it. Why are we accepting a Chris Pratt animation Mario? I would have preferred them. To found a voice actor from the region, or even use the actual from Mario the region voice actor of
1: Italian American.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they, they actually do have the original Mario actor in this. Uh, it's the first voice we hear as they do so sort of that advert, and then it switches to Chris Pratt. So they had access to him. But anyway, Chris, um, what say you on this?
2: I mean, I don't care at all really about i mean i don't think i'm sure maybe i don't know please write in if you're italian-american and disagree but i don't think any italians are like this is the representation that i need is mario in the same way that like i don't think a french person needs to play inspector clouseau like (laughs) they are ridiculous stereotypes and i think it's totally fine (laughs) in theory to have chris Pratt play that character um, I kind of, like, I don't really understand why they didn't do the the voice, because, like, that's what Mario is. He's a, like, silly little Italian plumber, and I feel like they didn't have to, maybe, maybe they could find a middle ground. But I feel like what they did is, knowing that Chris Pratt, as we said, can do great, like, comedic, goofy work in the Lego movie, in the Guardians movies, um they instead like called up Jurassic World Chris Pratt (laughs) to be like can you come in and just like be the most bland yes (laughs) (laughs) you could possibly be like it was so like characterless and there was just like a scene near the end that i thought was so unnecessary of like mario's like really beaten down and then he remembers the love that he has for his brother and then he gets up and he's like Mm -hmm. charging back into battle like his fucking end game uh, yeah
1: (laughs) no it did feel like a cross between like captain marvel and like um uh, Captain America's like I could do this all day, exactly. <laughs> or like which get I... <laughs> up, you know. It was yeah. like very much that.
2: Yeah, and maybe this is to to do with me being like I'm not I had very little knowledge of Mario. I have played the games minimally. I don't really know much about like the appeal or why people love Mario. But I thought it was because he was a little silly Italian plumber who jumped around and said, let us go. <laughs> like, I feel like why, I wish they had lent more into that and maybe it means that a Mario movie is not really possible, but then, you know, you don't have to make a movie th- of everything. I
1: think the difference is though, because maybe at first that's what it was like. But, uh, but when you look at the kind of various spin-offs and variations, actually, like he has become far more of like a capable, like action hero. And it's when you have so many mm. random characters, he is the straight person. And that's what I think that's the, that's what this film is. It kind of positions like, you know, I, I I suppose what I liked about Luigi character is it played into Haunted Mansion version of him. And there was some like very specific kind of like references, like the way his like light keeps going out. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. He's such a little scared individual. But I think Mario has become such a straight person. He's not really, you know, it's all the things that he's, he's like your through line into the world of like randomness and weirdness. And I kind of feel like the same with Peaches. Like for me, they weren't the lead character, like the Mario brothers weren't the, stand out for me and even Peaches I know she's less of damsel in stress and I'm not going to say strong female character and this isn't a bit promo but they basically did the strong <laughs> female character thing but that was basically all she was like look I'm Princess very capable Fiona. a really basic version of it where like mm. there was no kind of like attempt to establish like you know she just gets made the queen princess and then she's oh i i did it first time like it is that kind not saying you can't but it is that mary sue type of character where she can do it does everything so in the end you're like why does she need mario's help <laughs> mm. if she's that capable why does she need this random person from a plumber you know what i mean and that's mm. what's the kind of bad be bitten storyline storytelling here because again she's living in that world why isn't it called peaches and just do a film about peaches that uh, that's what I don't Pages, think it works.
0: Peaches, 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 peaches. Yeah, Pages, Pages. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, and that's the thing that's the okay. problem is that
1: you're. You, it's the difficulty is if you're gonna do like if you're gonna redo like I don't know. then it's great they've expanded her role in the in the in the video games as well. That she's a bit more capable. But it is the Mario bro- Mario show, so it's kind of like you're just if you're always find, finding ways for like her not to win or succeed. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like when again going back to Endgame. It's like when um, Kevin Feige said. Well, Free Lo- Captain Marvel is the strongest Avenger. She could have beaten Thanos, but you can't because she's not an Avenger, and it had to be an Avengers win, right? She had to, like, mm. like Scarlet Witch could have beaten Thanos, but you had to create something that she didn't because it's like we've got to let the core Avengers get the victory, right? Got to let the little men win.
2: Got to get the losers. to get have their fragile. Man. Man. Wow. So- Ugh
1: so in a way that's what (laughs) but it is he literally said that and um because they are like she they've got powers from the fucking stones right so like they are the strongest so yeah so it felt um yeah I feel like yeah luckily though I don't know for me it was it was how much it was a love letter to the games that kind of made me giggle it's very nostalgic and not actually even nostalgic just like recently I still play Mario Kart and um you know, all the different, like, Mario Golf, Mario Tennis, and all these little things, so all these kind of little quirks, and Luigi's Mansion and stuff, it was really cool to see things like that on the screen, and I think doing it in animation rather than live action, was made it far more enjoyable to really capture those, like, sequences.
0: All I'm going to say about that is that Iron Man died to save the universe, you put some respect on that man's name! That's all I'm going to say about that! Um <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> I see you rolling your eyes at me, Hannah. Don't, 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 don't try it with me. I am... Anyway. Um, yeah, someone wrote that. Someone wrote that. <laughs> that. That was
1: written by a person.
0: <laughs> um, we were talking earlier about the voice acting. There is one voice actor who stood out to me. His name is Jack Black. It's, it's unofficially Blackity, Jack Blackity. Black Week. <laughs> Given his appearance in The Mandalorian, which delighted me in a big way. And also voice acting in this. He's having a good week. And I really enjoyed the performance in this. But like he was having all the fun. And that he was giving us the full Jack Black experience. Because yes he was doing the voice acting. Which we know he's very good at Kung Fu Panda. Uh, I will always rate that trilogy. I'm so glad we're getting another film. I love those films so much. And he's so great in them. But he also gets to sing. And the song is for me the funniest thing in this film. By a lot. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Carice, I know you uh, heard me giggling along to it because you sat next (laughs) to me. Um, What do you think of Monsieur Black?
2: Yeah, I I did really enjoy his vocal performance. I feel like uh, overall, I kind of, I didn't love the casting because not, I mean, we could talk for hours about this whole like, casting A-listers versus Mm. um, casting actual voice actors. But I feel like as well, I had a real sense of disconnect that I don't know if like the Jack Black voice suited the Big Tuttle, and like the same with Seth Rogen, like it was too obviously. This is Jack Black talking. Yeah. Now Seth Rogen is talking. Now Chris Pratt's talking, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, I guess it is just the problem of when you cast really famous people with very distinctive voices mm-hmm. um to characters that are also like visually very distinctive. And are sort of like, not how I imagined those characters would talk, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like Bowser would sound more turtly. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that would be, but I feel like he would have more of a turtle voice and I can't pinpoint it.
1: I um, I actually really enjoyed the, those performances. And Maybe it's because I just think, you know, uh, Jack Black and Seth Rogen have really good comic timing and they're really good at playing that thing, whereas... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, no shade to Anya Taylor Joy, but it was very bland and basic. It wasn't like there was nothing in it that was like landing any comedy jokes or anything like that. I Maybe mean, she wasn't given anything funny to do, really, anyway. Um, but I also, it's interesting though, because I turned to you guys and was like, is that Stephen Young or Toad? Um, <laughs> and it was Keegan Michael Key. And I actually really liked that version of the voice. That was, sounded nothing like him.
2: He was my favourite, because yeah. he actually sounded like a toad, and he did a voice for a yeah. toad.
1: And I think Jack could have done it a bit deeper, for sure. Um... Yeah.
0: yeah. I think the other thing, aside from the voice acting, that, or Jack that's voice acting that I liked, was the animation, which was very colourful, and uh, you know, Hannah, you touched on it, it tapped into the spirit of the games in a fun way. That, that uh, scene, that sequence... On the Rainbow Bridge, especially, was fun. Um, but you, and
1: even the gameplay, I really like the gate how they set up. Like if you were doing a levels and stuff, I thought that was really, yeah. really fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed those moments, but overall, I just found this to be very, very shallow um, in a way that it didn't need to be. Like animated movies, even this year have shown us that even with the silliest com. Uh, um, that even with the silliest storylines, you can still wring a lot of substance out of it. Even if you want to go back to the Lego movie, that is a movie I know. Going in, people were even, even people people were even more hesitant about that movie than they were with this movie because of the IP and because of Lego. Like you know, we thought it was going to be very very shallow, but that movie had a lot of substance to go along with all the colorful animation and everything else. Here, it just feels so shallow. There's a thing with Mario and his father, who is disappointed in him in, to the outside of the movie, that is literally resolved in about two sentences of dialogue. And it's just so thin. And I'm like, you could have done more with that. You could have done more with his brotherly relationship. Yeah. I wanted more. And I get that, you know, there's a certain level which I guess the filmmakers are trying to cater to. I think the writers of this movie also vote, uh, the Minions movies, and it absolutely shows. But I'm like, even with a movie like this, you, I wish it strived for more, because I do think there was more on the table that is just left there. And that was disappointing to me.
1: Yeah, I, I suppose, I think for me, this was far more tailored to a children's audience. Like, yeah. really children's, something really simplistic. So I'm not going to like, I mean, to be honest, do I need a Super Mario movie, a <laughs> brothers movie? to like be doing those things i think in a way it's like it's just a game thing situation i understand what you're saying i think there was some like basic messaging there for kids it was super it wasn't it was just quite surface level um i think it's far more enjoyable for kids and people like who play mario uh, or play any of the games than it would be like you know average joe so i think it does it does what it needed to do to be um, a, it's like watchable but like it's not some. I think and taped for your family film like it's very much a family film that thought let's not try and you know what I mean because also the writers also did Teen Titans Go and I think they said they were trying not to be as irreverent as that because Teen Titans Go just takes piss out of everything but mm. I think they wanted to do yeah. much, so it's like yeah so I'm it was not, an, I don't think this is as much for adults as it is yeah. just to get a story in for children
0: I'm not even asking for reverence, as fun as that might have been I'm just asking for more substance than they put on the table here. Um, no,
1: I don't disagree, uh, but I, I don't disagree. Yeah. I, you know, I agree with what you're saying. There isn't a lot of substance, but I think mm-hmm. it, in a way it's like, is the substance for? I don't know. For I think they've just basically gone. This is for a young children audience, um, mm-hmm. and they just didn't feel the need to. And also, it's like Nintendo, like the kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, I think they're so focused on what this, what the storytelling of the the game is that I think it just didn't want to, like, put anything else on top of it beyond the well, bare minimum.
0: That's part of my issue with it, because it feels like many, if not all, of the plot points are really tied into the game on some level. And I'm like, you don't need to go that hard in that direction like But I like compare this. that
1: to Dungeons & Dragons in the sense yeah. of, like... Um, that was obviously for, everyone, for more of an outer audience but it's, you know... I don't play Dungeons and Dragons so maybe all the stuff in it about the plan Bs and Cs would be really funny because that's part mm-hmm. of the gameplay. So I was like, oh that's a bit and these kind of side missions kind of seem a bit pointless a fruit like kind of wasting time. Whereas watching this yeah. I was like, oh there's a lot of these like like nods to things that seem specifically just to like let you know that like hey, we've we've got this whole IP that we can use for the movie, which I mm. enjoyed. So I think again this is what I'm saying, it's good for Mario fans. Um mm. and um and kids, <laughs> but if you're not a fan of either of those things, I just think it's just like
0: a wash over you. Clarice, where do you stand on all this?
2: I feel like I, yeah, I, I don't expect very much from a Mario movie because most of the games have like very minimal plot, from my understanding. Like Mario Kart, there's no reason they're on in carts, right? It's just happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wish. I think my issue is that. Okay, if they're going to do that, it should have been more fun and more silly. And I feel like the there's just this sort of like it, it is almost too. I think it's not kiddish enough in in certain places. Like it should have had really stupid fart jokes and like silly, really silly jokes and and mischief and and mania. But there is a lot of like Chris Pratt talking about family. <laughs>
0: It's all about family.
1: Speaking of like, the yeah. way it got really morbid though, I really like, there's a character from, there's a, there's a, that little kind of character from Literally. Mario Galaxy. It's like, oh, the sweet release of death. I thought that was quite funny. That little character is like yeah. the opposite of what you think that character should be like.
2: It's quite cool. Anyway. True. But I feel like there's that character in every single movie and really, no one ever talked Mort from Madagascar. I <laughs> can <laughs> <laughs> okay, love Mort from Madagascar.
0: Hmm. I think the King main takeaway.
2: <laughs> I love you, King Julian. <laughs> no one, no one, no one's better than Mort. Uh, so, Super Mario Brothers movie, two stars, not no more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's your post- quote. I think the main takeaway from this discussion is that we all cannot wait until the Mario Kart Fast and Furious crossover film. <gasps> Uh, the
2: Pedro Pascal one
0: that looked good like that that I will pay money to see um but should people pay money to see the Super Mario Bros movie uh let's go to our screen stream or skip recommendations Hannah Flint
1: uh I'll say stream
0: yeah I think that's where I'm leaning towards as well Clarice
2: I mean, I would, I would say if you have kids, because I'm conscious it's the Easter holidays, if you have kids and you want to go to the cinema, I don't think there's anything out that would be better suited to them. But I think if you are not a child, skip.
0: <laughs> I think if you want to entertain your kids, um, do not pay money to see this film. Uh, when this movie comes out on streaming, Maybe put it on, but in the meantime, you can watch the best film of the year so far. Put some boots. Last wish. There you go. That's what you should do. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. Um, from recognizable voices that we don't actually get to hear, um, (laughs) to recognizable shoes. Uh, It's time to talk air.
1: 1984 has been a tough year. Our sales are down, our growth is down. Sonny, I brought you
0: in here to grow the basketball business.
2: People don't know what
1: the hell a Nike is. What's a
0: converse?
1: NBA all-star shoe.
0: There's nothing cool about Nike. You would have to have a pretty compelling pitch. I can tell them the one thing the other companies can't compete with. Our basketball division is terrible. I do not love it. This is where you come up with a brilliant idea that no one else can see. Let's hear it. <laughs> I got it. I found him. Who's that? Jesus? Can't afford it. I'm willing to bet my career on one guy.
1: I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Oh Lord. And I've been waiting for this moment for all of my life. Oh Lord. Oh, Lord.
0: Yes, Hannah. Get into it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) We love a bit of Phil. Uh, Okay. Air reveals the game-changing partnership between a then-rookie, Michael Jordan, and Nike's fledgling basketball division, which revolutionized the world of sports and contemporary culture with the Air Jordan brand. Directed by Ben Affleck from a screenplay by Alex Convery. It starts Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Jason Bateman, Marlon Wayans, Chris Messina, Chris Tucker, and Viola Davis. Um, So um, I told these guys, I told you guys before about like my friend being invited to an air screening um, and they they said, positioned it as a women's history month thing saying, this is the incredible story of a mother's efforts, blah, blah, blah. Now, as you heard from that list of stars and Mm -hmm. Viola Davis at the end, would you say this is a female empowerment story, (sighs) Amon?
0: not as much as it needed to be like we've had discussions leading up to this film about the fact that we don't actually get to see michael jordan on screen and especially now having watched it i don't mind that decision because you have viola davis as essentially the mouthpiece of michael jordan and because viola davis is such a good actor and because that was true to life at least to a degree in terms of how the deal went in terms of Uh, Dolores Jordan persuading her son to go and meet Nike which started everything Um, so I didn't mind that but why is she not the focus of the film (laughs) like in so much of the synopses and then so much of what you just said she is the fulcrum around which a large portion of the film revolves because she is the person that needs to be swayed to bring Michael Jordan to the table why isn't the focus of the film around her and Matt Damon and everything else supporting? That would have made a whole lot more sense to me. And it's not to say that the film that we do get isn't good. I had a good time with this. actually I had a really good time with this in certain places. But I feel like it's almost like if Straight Outta Compton focused on Paul Giamatti's character and not the rap group. It would have been a perfectly fine film, but you're losing something if you don't actually centre... The people whose story that it is at the center of the story, if that makes any sense.
1: Well, what I find, uh, I find the problem with this is that, um, yes, totally agree, one hundred percent. If it was going to, so agreed. This is not a women's and female <laughs> empowerment film. Viola Davis. <laughs> Davis. I was expecting her to be in, in it far more than she would. She's barely yep. in it. Um, I still find it ridiculous that Michael Jordan didn't have, wasn't even a character in it. I think the excuse saying. No one can play. He's the go. It looked too fake. It's like it's a film. It's all fake. <laughs> uh, that's just literally the whole example. That's the whole movie industry. Um, I think what frustrated me, I suppose, and Chris, what did you? I'd love to know what you think about this. There are so many white men in this, and the main white man, which is it's Matt Damon, is the main
0: mm-hmm. guy. Sonny Baez.
1: He. We learn literally nothing about who he is. We learn more about Jason Bateman's vice marketing person, about his driven and what's going on in his personal life and that. There's one throwaway line that said, I think it said, Sonny says to, um, as he's leaving a place and another bit of like exposition of like, oh, if you don't know who this person is, here, let me explain it for you. He was the best man at my wedding. And it's like, okay, so what's going on now? for a film that is supposed to be hinging really on this person, we we really do not get any sense of him. And it just feels so kind of like he's just this like empty vessel who just knows a lot about basketball. And he saw something and realized, wait a sec, I spotted something in Michael Jordan. And so it's just like a kind of basic white savior thing. And luckily it's funny and well-written, you know, but again, I don't think there is much substance in this beyond it being kind of like the Tetris movie. It's kind of like, This is kind of interesting, but it's just, there's no, like, there's no character development in it at all that made me kind of, why why am I supposed to focus on this guy's version, uh, this guy? What is it about him that he's this basketball so-and-so, blah, blah, blah? It was all just very kind of paint by numbers for me. Clarice, what did you think?
2: I mean, I, yeah, I didn't, I just did not, I think Ben Affleck's a good director, and, like, it was well constructed, just on a formal level, but um I did not find any of this movie interesting, because... You know it's a certain type of of drama that gets made which is just very much centered around like isn't capitalism cool and fun well it's sexy, and like exactly and like that it's a genre of film um and that's why there's very little character development from anyone because the main attraction of it is supposedly like the electricity that happens in the boardroom when matt damon is delivering a speech about like how you know how branding can can like create a myth out of a human being and i just find all of that so boring because <laughs> like corporate sponsorship is what my dad used to do so it's like my dad explaining what his job is at me for two hours but it's matt damon um yeah and i just think like certain people enjoy this sort of movie like they, there is that they like the so it's like a sports drama almost, right? Because they're really presented as underdogs, even though they're executives at a corporate brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> just so let, not let, underdogs at all.
1: Like I'm going to ask you something, Amon. Um, okay. Yeah, I. It's interesting you say the sports movie, and myself and Amon, we obviously have not so passing interest in basketball and affection. For the sport and a big affection for Michael Jordan. I still have my twenty-three jersey <laughs> from my dad got me my twenty-three Chicago Bulls jersey. So again, it's kind of similar to the Mary Part. I suppose for you then, Amon, um, you know, did it there are some moments of it, do you think it even did enough to even like present why Michael Jordan is like this, the goat? Cause I still think it didn't do enough.
0: Hmm. I mean, there's only so much you can do if you go the way that this movie went in terms of not showing his face. And they have a couple of montages. They have that big speech that Matt Damon does later on in the movie. Um, And, you know, it gives people who are not familiar with Michael Jordan, I would hope, enough of a taste of how great he went on to become. That they, they didn't would want to do. Jam, though, so
2: I don't really understand what you
0: mean. <laughs> There's a couple I, I got a friend of mine, um, Emily Murray, uh, uh who, 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 I don't
2: Are you about
0: to Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> believe me, she knows this is coming. We we've had we've had WhatsApp about this. Well, Wait, anyway, I got a friend of mine, Emily Murray, uh, who's awesome, just got a new job, congrats. Who tweeted I'm
2: about to dunk on you, so <laughs> oh, yes.
0: Yes, who tweeted a couple weeks ago that her knowledge of Michael Jordan came from Space Jam: A New Legacy, which completely fried my brain. Um, I would hope that after watching, oh my uh, god, I thought like
1: yeah. when you. No, I thought you said from yeah. Oh wow, yeah. No, not yeah. the original Space, space the
0: original Jam, original 2, Hannah. Exactly. Space Jam <laughs> Two, exactly. Exactly what? What is right? So <laughs> I would hope that after watching this film. Uh, she feels more compelled. Like, I've sent her links to The Last Dance. I'm like, you need to at least watch this. Um, with, with, with regards to the Michael Jordan thing, it's very interesting. Like I do think, I've gone back and forth on this to a degree, but you're portraying Michael Jordan before his greatness has taken hold. And so I think because of that, you probably could have gotten away with showing him on screen. But in terms of what Ben Affleck has been quoted as saying, that I actually completely agree with. Because even though I have not met Michael Jordan, there's an aura the man has that is just undeniable. They did a 75 Greatest Players of All Time celebration like a year or two ago. And we're talking about the greatest players to ever play the game. When Michael Jordan was announced, the entire energy in the room changed because for all intents and purposes, he is a god in that arena. The fact that he hasn't played basketball in about 25 years, his shoes are still the biggest sellers, everyone still knows him as the GOAT, he can still get that kind of reception. just goes to show how much of a basketball god this man is. There's an aura that will be nay impossible to duplicate on screen, so on that level I get it, but again, you're portraying MJ at a time when that greatness has not taken hold, so I think they could have gotten away with it.
1: Yeah, I I don't know, for me, I suppose my final thoughts on this really is just that this is just yet another example of white filmmakers um, finding any excuse to try and like take ownership of black stories. Like, mm. if they were, if they wanted to really do the thing, like, I remember that, that Hollywood Reporter interview with Ben Affleck says, Oh, we gave like Chris Tucker, we wanted to give him writing credit. It's like, he's mm. spelling it. You're talking about mm. it as if like, and I, I'm sure he's probably wrote a lot of the things, but it's again, mm. everyone in it is like, who, who actually seemed to matter was marginalized in this story that again, which is all about. Like there's a line in the film where it says uh the shoe is the shoe is me the shoe, the shoe hasn't got meaning until someone fills it this This mm-hmm. shoe has no meaning until Michael Jordan filled it, and mm-hmm. without him, and this is the and this is what I find just like just so kind of um eye rolling about this because again, it's like let's focus on the corporate people, let's not talk about the guy who literally had the talent is the reason why that made it a brand. And also, again, changed the game. Like when it, her, his mother changed the game when it came to like mm-hmm. branding and getting money back on royalties and all those type of things. So I just feel like it's such a um, just it's such a white savior. Let's give white people a pat, let's give white capitalists a pat on the back for believing, picking the right black black guy. And it's just typical of like pretty much all athletes. It's actually really indicative of like the 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 American sporting complex where black players are basically brought in they're super talented but they are still treated differently and marginalized compared to their white counterparts and the white owners you know if you look mm. at the makeup of all the sports teams and even sports things it's still white dudes you know look what happens to like Colin Kaepernick and all this things. so mm. you know mm. this is just like I, I can't get behind as much as I thought it was kind of like enjoyable it just like enjoyable in certain ways but it's just like it's it's like kind of this isn't the story that should have been told. And I know people say, well, you know, you can make that story, but it's like that these people could have made that story, but they have just got too much of an ego and they want yeah. to be in it and they want to be the stars.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wish I could disagree with some of that, but I don't think I can. As I just, I just, I think it would have taken not even that much to reframe the story from Dolores Jordan's perspective. That is, immediately brings all the people who really matter into even more focus. They have that thing, you mentioned Chris Tucker's character, he has a history with the Jordans seemingly um, before he goes into that big final meeting. Why don't we get to see that? Why don't we get to understand that relationship before that scene?
1: The, the Marlon Wayne's character, they had a whole scene mm-hmm. about, they just put it in the fact that he got like Martin Luther King's letter, but mentioned it. it's like yeah. that has no like, This <laughs> felt like such a shoehorn.
0: That's in there because um, basically Michael Jordan said that without that, he wouldn't have sort of had the impetus. So that, that that's that's why that's in there. I mean, you couldn't That's sort of, the you know, only
1: thing that's in yeah. there. It's not even kind of relevant to what he's achieved in his relationship to Jordan. I never got a sense of his relationship to Jordan, except for a title card at the end saying, Michael Jordan said it was important to put in, and that felt like that's not even you understanding or wanting to grapple with why this coach, this this Olympic coach was important to Jordan. It's yeah. just seeing him as a friend of Sonny's. Again, it's all yeah. like, he's a friend of Sonny's. Blah, blah, blah. You know, that's it nice, yeah. So.
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, with all that being said, again, I did enjoy this movie. I know uh, that might feel hard to believe after all of that, but I really did. Um, Matt Damon's character, the journey that he's going on, I think is about when to... Uh, be cautious and when to take a risk. And at the start of the film, he's very much risk, 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 let's go, I'm going to bet it all. Um, and he sort of slowly becomes more aware of, of, of who his actions are affecting. Um, and, you know, that that becomes sort of more prevalent as the story goes on and as he sort of takes even bigger risks in order to try and land this deal with all the money and everything involved. Um, and so that leads to a couple of nicely observed moments. I like this dynamic grid, Ben Affleck's Phil Knight in this. Um, and there was also some interesting stuff given the uh, 10 rules that Phil Knight sort of, you know, wants to govern Nike by, which pop up at various points in the film. So there's stuff about it that I enjoyed. Again, I just think some other things should have been brought more into focus as we discuss.
1: I think my favorite white person was Chris Messina, though, because he really plays. <laughs> <laughs> of an agent and some... it was very believable. But again it was yeah. like let's give these really big moments to the, like all the big moments were really kind of like like
0: that. How did get a couple of big moments?
1: She, I don't think she got she didn't get nearly not, not enough. Not not enough but she
0: got a couple. Um and quick and Chris Hussein his phone acting in this is legendary. Absolutely legendary. <laughs> um yeah, he goes but he even does on does this
1: thing where like he um there's even like a bit where like his assistant comes in and goes out and he's on the phone and he does this thing where he looks her up and down. It's like, like even those little touches of like, oh yeah, I believe that this character was just an absolute gross
2: human being.
1: (laughs) Cool. Clarice, anything else you wanted to add?
2: Um, I guess the costumes are cool. But then again, it was like very, with like the, all the montages of like 80s um, consumer culture, it was just, it's like very nostalgic. It's like nostalgic for capitalism, (laughs) even though capitalism is still very alive and well today. So I don't really know what. Capitalism got a
1: capitalism.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it's fun for some people who are into that capitalism shit, but...
1: (laughs) Cool. Well, on that note, let's do our screen stream or skip verdicts. Uh, Clarice? Um, Skip. Amon?
0: I'm going to say screen. I did enjoy this. As we've said, it has issues. Um, And I wish Violet Davis in particular got more screen time because every second she is on screen, she absolutely kills it. But I did enjoy this. Screen.
1: And I'm going to say stream.
0: Um, The full spectrum. There
1: we go. <laughs> okay, so from uh, one group of white people and a token black person, <laughs> to another group of white people and a token <laughs> black
0: person.
1: <laughs> this is Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre.
0: I have another job for you. So what we got? Greg Simmons. It's a billionaire arms dealer. Ooh, a lot of very serious faces up
2: are isn't there? You can't catch this fish with conventional lures. I'm sorry? The lure being? Danny Francesco. The movie star. Greg Simmers' favourite movie star. And how do we get them? him? Blackmail. Who's the girl?
1: Very good. Carry on.
2: All that blood shed crimson clover, uh-uh, sweet dreams over my head, was the one you reached for all throughout the great girl. <laughs> Taylor Swift on tour right oh, now. Oh, that's Taylor Swift. Tour. Yeah, um, it's from a Midnight's album, which I really like. <laughs> um... Anyways, uh, this movie probably could do with some Taylor Swift, I feel like. This is Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre, um, which follows Super Spy, Awesome Fortune. I th- thought they kept saying, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what a fucking weird name, Awesome no, Fortune. No, it's
0: not a weird name, it's a sexy name, isn't Orson... it?
2: Awesome. <laughs> Orson Fortune must track down and stop the sale of a deadly modern technology wielded by billionaire arms broker Greg Simmons reluctantly teamed with some of the world's best operatives, Orson recruits Hollywood's biggest movie star Danny Francesco and they love to say his full name all the time Danny Francesco <laughs> to help them on their globe-trotting undercover mission to save the world. Directed by Guy Ritchie, which you might have guessed from that synopsis. It stars <laughs> Jason Statham as Awesome Fortune, Aubrey Plaza, Josh Hartnett, Gary Always, Bugsy Malone, who's a rapper, not the entire musical. <laughs> <laughs> I had to Google that. Um and Hugh Grant. Um playing the same character that he played in The Gentleman, but a different character. <laughs> but the same character. Single <laughs> so, Fletcher. Uh,
0: in I don't gentleman.
2: know. I mean, maybe that's a good place to start, because I hated The Gentleman so much that I think I've tried to, like, bleach mm. my brain of Guy Ritchie movies entirely. Um, I mean, were you excited for a, a new Guy Ritchie movie to come out? Was this an exciting time for you guys? Is that a serious question? I don't know, some people like his stuff. I tell
1: you what, um, I tell you what, What the only reason I was at all interested in this was because Aubrey Plaza was in it. Like, for me, I was like, wait, she's in this? Okay, maybe I should give it some time because I adore her. Um, I remember watching Wrath of Man, which was another film that had Jason Statham and, uh, I don't know, if Josh Hartnett, they must, like, hang around together in London in their country club situations because he's suddenly become, because she's married to, like, tar- uh, Tamsin Edge, Edgerton, the British actress. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if it's like the London, it's like they've got, to, but Josh Hart has kind of made this like combat. This is a second movie with Jason Statham and Guy Ritchie. And and Ratha Man was so dumb that it was quite fun. It was so ridiculous. It was quite fun. Um, so with this one, I was like, oh, maybe. Let's see. So I had no, I was just only excited to see how Aubrey Plaza might be able to sprinkle her special sauce on this to make it a little bit more Less generic action, just
2: unfunny. We will circle back to Aubrey Plaza. Mm-hmm. Come on. Where um, were you? What was your hype level?
0: I had not infected my brain with the gentleman on account of hearing how awful it was. Uh, so, lucky me in that regard. But I was excited to a degree to check this out because I really enjoyed the man from Uncle. Uh, which is a film that I re-watched relatively recently. It's a lot of fun. Obviously, it's a bit soured by uh, the appearance of one actor. Um, but it's still a lot of fun. And it's clear that Guy Ritchie really loves playing in that arena. And there's a lot of similarities that I saw between that film and this film, um, which was sort of fun again uh, for me.
2: Well, that I, I that's actually an interesting question, because The Man from U.N.C.L.E., I do like that that movie because i i think it's it's very kind of straightforward we played as Mm -hmm. a sort of loving parody but not full parody not silly but kind Mm -hmm. of like a sly look at that the sort of 60s era spy action movie Mm -hmm. genuinely i could not tell and this was this was bothering me the entire movie Mm -hmm. is this meant to be a parody is this meant to be funny or was this meant to be serious
1: that's the thing i think he's kind of i could not tell there was some <laughs> the thing is Guy Ritchie started off doing like the kind of gangster things and irreverent take kind of like really kind of deconstructing mm. what those sort of gritty crime british crime job like drums be it was really funny um and then i think you know even like sherlock the, what, the first show he did with robert Downey jr That had... Oh my God, I forgot that was him. But that had, it's kind of had a character. I think Mm. now, I think Guy Ritchie is kind of like, like has lost his his vision. I think it's, honestly, I don't think he has anything else to say. And I think now he's just like, okay, let's just pick things that people kind of enjoy. People like, you know, Jason Statham action films. It seems like it's like a, again, I say this like paint by numbers, but like, it feels like it's been, it's, it's like someone's just like patchworked these ideas together and said, hey, here's a film that does, that fits certain genres. And it's like an algorithm film. I th- I feel like that's what it's trying to do. So any, and, and I'm not saying Guy Ritchie wasn't, hasn't done great um, things, but I definitely think he's been on a slow decline probably since like, you know, when he did King Arthur, that was just like, yeah. again, it was just, you know, there's, there's no finesse. There's there's no finesse. Like you could argue that like Wes Anderson, in a way, kind of has the thing, but that's his accent, whereas I can't, like, you know, Guy Ritchie's first one was a Mockney accent. <laughs> you know, and now it's kind of changed, and I just don't think he's just, it's just generic, let's just put something out there and put my name on it because it still has a little bit of um, currency and then, like, hope for the best i don't i don't know what you guys think but i just i didn't think there was anything about this story that was remotely original it felt completely derivative um and it just felt like a vod film really
2: it's funny you brought wes Anderson because like i i agree is that there's so there was something very strange about the the dialogue in this movie like the patterning it felt almost like it was trying to be that sort of extremely verbose wes anderson like slightly removed from how real people act <laughs> like die which is partially what guy Ritchie's has done in the past like he has sort of created his own world where everyone is a little bit more verbose than usual but it like wasn't it wasn't pushed far enough that it was clear that's what he was doing mm. it, so it, it just felt like the entire movie i was like i don't know if, are these people human or not yeah <laughs> are they all robots is that gonna be like i honestly thought it was
1: gonna be revealed that bugsy malone was a robot <laughs> that's how uh bland and <laughs> just like not an actor he is <laughs> like i'm so it. sorry he's just i'm sorry to him he is not a good actor or an actor at all he says wow. words wow
0: Hannah. wow um I, did, I was going to say I did enjoy. Uh, am the I
1: am I incorrect? Was he did he deliver a good performance in this, or did he just say words when he was supposed to say words?
0: I thought he was fine, um, just very sort of inoffensive, much like the film. And I was going to say that I did enjoy um, him trying wine for the first time. That did make me laugh. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, there was ten um,
1: minutes I did nod off, so maybe I missed that. <laughs>
0: You really enjoyed this one. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree in that there's definitely a lack of originality here. Um obviously it's playing in a genre we all know very well, but there's nothing in it that it does better than other stuff that we haven't seen many times before. And when you have Mission Impossible coming up in a couple of months, which is the best of action spy stuff, when you've just had the John Wick franchise, which isn't spy. But which obviously has a lot of amazing action. in its forte having this come either side of that, it's just it's fine. I and didn't fast hate it. And
2: furious, that kind of stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, they're superheroes now, Chris. If you've not been paying Sorry. attention, um, astronauts. <laughs> I can't keep up. Um. So. So yeah. Um. Like again, inoffensive. Um. But I didn't sort of hate watching it. Um, it was fine for what it was, and I'm sure we're gonna get into Aubrey Plaza who, for me, runs away with this movie handily. Um, but yeah, nothing we haven't seen done many times better before.
2: Yeah, I mean let's let's finish up with the the cast. Um, I mean, I love Aubrey Plaza, but I felt like she was so like out of place in this movie because she was really being Aubrey Plaza which is what you do like don't cast Aubrey Plaza and then expect to not be Aubrey Plaza Mm. in your movie um and I'm like I love that weird girls are getting mainstream action (laughs) representation but at the same time I was like It seemed like she was kind of making fun of the movie while being in the movie, mm. <laughs> which I respect, but also, yeah, and I, it's, yeah, it's weird. I feel like everyone was bringing slightly different energies because, like, Jason Statham can be very funny. Did not know whether he was trying to be funny on purpose <laughs> Josh Hartnett was definitely meant to be the most comedic character, and I did like his performance as actor who's like, Whoa, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, Hugh Grant. Michael Caine, just doing Michael yeah, Caine. Yeah, I actually <laughs> really enjoy
1: Hugh Grant in this because I just think he's just really leaning into this weird side of him rather than playing quite, you know, he would, he's getting away from that like youthful image and he's really nailing mm. it. And he's just, being, I he's feel like he's getting her. closer to his not himself, but like I think he's allowed to let his freak fly fly a bit. And I really appreciate mm-hmm.
0: that. He's having a good week. I, I mean, Dun- Dungeons and Dragons Operation Fortune.
1: I think with um Aubrey. Plaza. I think you're right about that. But there's also something that I, there was a scene in it where they do a slow-mo where she's in the car and she shoots a gun. And mm-hmm. it was just, for me, what annoyed me about that was like it, she kept on like, every time it fired, she couldn't hold the gun. Like every time it, she kept going, bah, bah, it was just like that. <laughs> and I, I know pooh, it's, pooh, pooh. I know it's silly, but like, I do feel like there are people who who get taught how to hold guns and how to shoot it. And like, it was like, what you you? Mm. She, she was kind of, the gun kept on doing that and it kept on going downwards. So it's like, what you you? It was like, she was doing this. And it was like, that's not, you're not aiming. And I think that annoyed me <laughs> because I feel like there are- She's got
2: stormtrooper aims. Right. And it
1: just felt like, oh, you know, she's supposed to be this. I kind of wanted that. That little thing for me was like, Oh, this sometimes like you need someone who actually like Charlize Theron would not be going blah blah. blah. Like she'd be like boom, but do you know what I mean? That sort of, Mm. that sort of, and that's I think that kind of like made me like a bit like oh okay, like it just feels like again not taking a character like her seriously when she's clearly very capable. Obviously, doing the trying to do the. Jo- it was like this weird thing where they trying to make her like the femme fatale but also make her like weird girl funny i don't know it was kind of like a weird mix of like manic pixie and femme fatale for me that um didn't yeah didn't ring i don't know i, I didn't really like the character but you know this is it's an improvement from the gentleman at least no one tried to rape her
0: <laughs> i'm so happy it's i didn't stress. watch this movie i cannot stress enough to
2: bring it's her down stress. a few pegs there was wow. nothing as wildly offensive as any of the gentlemen. so
0: and there's your postal quote, PR's getting in touch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, this is um skipping cinemas, and it's going straight to prime video instead. So uh, that will be a stream or a skip. Or I guess you could hire a cinema solely for the purpose of <laughs> <laughs> streaming this movie on the big screen, if you really wanted to do. Um, but I'm on. Stream or skip?
0: I'm going to say stream, because uh, again, I didn't hate this, but if you want a better version of this, watch The Man From Uncle. Better film.
2: Hannah. Uh, skip. And I would also like to skip... Just take a nap. Naps are really <laughs> good for your health.
0: I agree with that. You should absolutely take a nap. But only after you listen to our... ha
1: Ha-tay, ha-tay, ha-tay. ha-t-ay.
0: Uh, so, yes, Moana, Dwayne Johnson. Make
1: way, make way. <laughs> Moana, it's time you knew. The village of Montenew is all you need. Mm-hmm. You need.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Uh, yes, that uh, is coming to uh, live action uh, per Dwayne Johnson's really, really cool announcement. Uh, we're also getting more Harry Potter uh, in the TV HBO TV series, which apparently is going to be seven series, for each, one for each of the books is what they're planning. Uh, we're also getting more Shrek. Thank you to Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, for teeing that one up for us. Um, so that IP is coming back. How are we feeling about all these announcements and all this return of IP? And I guess studios wanted to milk that (laughs) for as much as they possibly can. With Moana especially, it has not been that long since the animated movie. To get a live action announcement so soon, I would need to go back and check. That's probably the quickest this ever happened between animated and live action. You haven't even had a live
2: action Frozen.
0: This is wild. I'm Going, sure and I'm it's sure that's coming. Taking
2: it into existence. I'm
0: sure that's coming. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to
1: be honest though, this is for me this is totally unsurprising. The industry is as much risk averse as it more risk averse than it's ever been and I think just by redoing their IP it's like they know there's an audience for it already it's built in. So this is just another way in which they're not actually trying to do anything new and just trying to flog the flog an IP for all it's worth. So this is just indicative of the times that we are in now. Um, I'm interested to know how they cast the Moana movie, though. Live action.
0: Surely they will put an extra emphasis on getting that right. Are we casting people from... Yeah, but
1: look what they did with, like, Aladdin. (laughs) They cast someone who wasn't even Arab as as Princess Jasmine. I'm sure they will, but, like, again, it's like... And they, you know, they didn't do... They did the kind of bare, bare minimum of trying to get actual, like, proper representation even with people who were behind Mm -hmm. the scenes but I suppose Moana actually did I will say this for Moana at least they did make far more effort than they did with Aladdin to make it culturally sensitive and relevant and um, appreciative and have people involved but you know because if you think about it who was it like because it's not just about getting the Moana. I'm sure they can find someone. I mean, who knows? They might even cast the original actress who played her. No, I
2: think they are. Is is she's doing live action. She's coming back. Oh right, well, yeah. Because yeah, she still looks I mean, really she's young. She's only 22. Yeah, she's yeah. very young. That's right. There's six years of pairs, she can <laughs> yeah. still easily play Moana again. Mm. And I think she probably will. Yeah,
1: but they had like Nicole Scherzinger in it, like playing voicing the mother and all that, and it's and it's like filling out the. I mean, you know, I hope they, I hope they do it, but who's doing the singing voices as well, because Christopher Jackson did the singing voices for the dad. He's not Polynesian, you know?
2: Mm.
0: Questions which will no doubt be answered as we move closer to release and shooting and all the rest of it. Um, Clarice, what's your take on this? I know that for the Harry Potter TV series especially, you have some strong thoughts.
2: I mean, I feel like that's a separate issue because... um you know <laughs> oh i'm trying to say something that's going to get me sued um <laughs> like you know you know if you know, uh, you Dwayne know. johnson hasn't been like you know sort of actively supporting a genocide of people but like whatever let's just like move on i think my one hope with um the disney live action remakes is that there's a finite amount right <laughs> they they got to run out eventually right i feel like you say not, this like that there haven't been left
1: three Spider-Man's
2: <laughs> four mm. <laughs> Spider-Man mm. film, like franchises. But like, in terms of like the, oh, they'll just remake the live action? Oh my god.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, they'll animate what? the live action. They'll animate the live action? Oh my god. <laughs> Has there been any
0: Disney live action adaptation that you've liked?
2: Cinderella, peace Dragon. Mm. I mean, both of those slap. Um, and I don't know whether we will ever reach those dizzying heights again
0: <laughs> Hannah anything <laughs> for you
2: um
1: I kind of like mulan uh, oh, yeah. I, like, I like mulan um I like elements of Aladdin I like I kind of yeah. think that's like a three, it's not the best uh yeah. I mean Cinderella was you know it's a pretty easy one to kind of get right I feel Cinderella. Yeah.
0: What's our hype levels for The Little Mermaid?
1: I, I mean, I'm actually really excited because I had an aerial doll and aerial roller skates uh, oh. as a kid. I was a big she, aerial stan.
0: And also, it's Disney got the princess? best song. It's
1: got amazing songs.
0: Is she, is she your favourite Disney princess?
1: Um, I don't really have one anymore. As you know from my first chapter of my book, <laughs> my thoughts on Disney princesses. But no, I just... I, 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 um, I, maybe, I maybe to... Pocahontas is my favorite, but like, that's huh. like a complete, but that's like a complete. Oh
2: my God. Do you imagine if they try to make the live action Pocahontas? No, well they wouldn't,
1: but I do like this. I do like her don't character. Don't put it back Even <laughs> though she's, I do like the character of her. I just, even though they totally mm-hmm. kind of, it's a total fiction. Like, I just, I like the way that, um, it didn't feel, um, it didn't feel like Mary Sue or Shu Hoon You know what I mean? It kind of like, there was something actually, again, it was probably one of the first ones they really did some like real cultural appreciation when it came to, even though it's a completely fabricated story, there was a sense of like getting people involved from the native community, indigenous community and getting indigenous actors to voice the roles. Um, I mean, fuck the white man, Coco one oh, every time, all day, every day. Yeah, should I take this? Very hot as well. Should I marry Kaka Wan? Yeah, so we should do Disney karaoke because I would love that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be amazing. So, are, are we of the opinion then that that too much IP is just that ship has already sailed and this is just the way things are now? Is that is that our conclusion here?
2: I mean, this is the thing. Like, I feel like with. Um you know our reaction like the internet's reaction like popular culture's reaction to this news i i kind of feel like getting angry about it is somewhat wasted energy because this is not i i think like there is an assumption that like disney are doing this out of like active like some like weird like active malevolence that they they want to destroy your childhood um they're doing it because it's what hannah said it's like risk averse guaranteed profit and the only way that this is ever going to change is that if we do all really come out and go see original movies and original concepts and i feel like if we put our energy behind that and really rooting for stuff that we think is great and worthy of our time then that's so much better use of time so what you're
1: saying Clarice we should no longer review blockbusters I actually you know what I do I will say this I do think sometimes we focus too much on blockbuster studio content I think we should we should as a podcast probably maybe do a bit more you know because again this week there were other I think there are probably other movies out this week we could have done i think i get what we have to do because again you want to get people to listen and our listeners will be interested in that but i do think we can also be part of that change with the podcast it's like making sure that we are you know this week super mario bros air operation rue three white directors male directors you know could we have done a bit more like searching and got other people not that we don't do that but i mean what do you guys think i think it'd be interesting well but i mean what do our listeners think you know, would they like us to have a fit more out there? Because I think we have, we go ebbs and flows with some of this stuff that's beyond the typical draw.
0: Hmm. There's definitely a balance there. Um, sometimes some weeks will strike it better than others um, because there's always more than just three movies coming out or even four movies. And sometimes we do four movies, most of the time we do three movies each part. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely room. Um, yeah, there's, def- there's definitely room for us to improve in that regard. Maybe that's something we can look at on a week-to-week basis. Um, but, yeah, it's about trying to find that balance because you need, maybe this is too inside baseball, but you need, I think, the bigger movies because people do want to hear our thoughts on an air, on a Super Mario Bros., on Operation Fortune Um that being said, as we discussed in previous weeks, part of our job—really a great part of our job—is to put a spotlight on films which are lesser known, mm. um, which typically tend to be from people of color and people from diverse backgrounds and minorities mm-hmm. and such and such. But if you uh, look so, at a week
1: like this, where we've pretty much said "meh" on all the films, if we I had mean, there might have been another film. We have i mean, look again. But if we had one, you know, if we actually like a movie that's outside it. Maybe we could, have, you know, done that. I don't know. It's a it's a thing that again, and I think it's good to have these conversations because it's like, okay, what are we doing? It's all us saying, oh, blah blah. But if we are, you know, how do we be? How do we part of that change and try and improve and try and get more people interested in more independent cinema? I think that kind of like we have a responsibility.
2: Clarice. Well, I would argue like I think my I think my my point was like the i think negativity is is such like an unhelpful emotion (laughs) and it's like how if people genuinely want these this constant ip stuff to stop it's about like reinvesting the emotion in something positive right and i i don't think it's about you know because it's very difficult to to have like a wide palette of things because i know what access is like to cinemas and places that aren't london it's really difficult um so i don't think it's necessarily about like ignoring the blockbusters because often that's the only thing people have access to but i think it's about reframing the conversation a little bit and and instead of instead of going like if you enjoy these disney live action remakes fuck you i hope you go to hell <laughs> like you know that attitude mm. you know i think of saying hey if you like this you might also like that i think there's a way that these movies can go hand in hand so that people can be we can just collectively as a film community like help inspire people to seek out other things and not by shunning the stuff that they already love like that to me is what like great like film dialogue looks like is being sort of inclusive of all types of movies and all tastes and and just allowing people to like explore and have fun i think that's my attitude towards it it's not necessarily shun the blockbusters but it's like use the blockbusters as jumping off point to go but hey this is also really great and check this out if that
0: For for sure and on that lovely note uh that is it for episode 105 of the Fade Black Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and happy viewing by whatever medium is the safest for you. Please subscribe, please subscribe, rate and review the podcast. It makes a difference. And tweet us any questions or hot takes at Fade Black Pod on Twitter. Um, this is going out on a Sunday. Uh, the Star Wars celebration has been going strong, hopefully, for the last two days. If we've seen you, awesome to see you. Thank you for saying hi.
2: Yeah, thank you for saying hi to me, Pedro Pascal. It was really nice to talk to you because that's a thing that <laughs> definitely happened.
0: <laughs> if we haven't seen you, how dare you just walk on by and not say hi to us? What's, what's wrong with you? How dare you? No, I'm joking. Um, But yeah, hopefully it's gone well. We're, you really see looking me, forward to it. keep
1: on moving.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, Hannah. Bloody
1: joking.
0: <laughs> uh, but yes, tweet us any questions or hot takes at Pod on Twitter. Uh, I am at Amon Woman on Twitter and Instagram.
1: I'm at Hannah Flint on Twitter and at Hannah Ness Flint on Instagram. And sorry, I'm going to do another reminder. My first film club <laughs> event is next on Wednesday. We've sold over half the tickets. There's just 60 left. It's only eight quid or five pounds if you're a Pitch House member. Nia DaCosta is going to be there screening her debut with Carl Jackson screening his short film. There's going to be like a free drinks reception afterwards. Well, I think it's like one free drink. We, we don't have that much money. Uh, but hopefully you can make it down at Pitch House Central
2: wednesday 12th i am at clarice Lou on twitter and at clarice Locky on instagram and um, um i have nothing going on okay bye you're doing panels <laughs>
1: don't forget your
2: panels yeah but that will have already oh happened. yes So <laughs> it's too late you missed it whoever's listening <laughs> um but if you uh Wanna find me Grogu's and bring me Grogu's at Star Wars <laughs> Celebration? That would be much appreciated. I'm half Thank tempted you. to buy a
1: baby Gro and um, <laughs> just have Grogu.
2: Oh my god! Like
1: a baby Bjorn? Would not that be hilarious? <laughs> if I just walked around with baby Bjorn with Grogu? It
0: would be. And you need a Mando helmet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You've got one. I'll borrow yours. Bring it. Bring it. Just like the photo up. So one of the days, let's do that. <laughs> i'll wrap it round. i'll wrap it around him with my scarf it'd be so funny oh
0: my god so make sure you don't try and walk around with it because as pedro pascal told you hannah you can't see shit uh, oh yeah and i can't see shit out of mine <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: really difficult mm.
0: farewell film tv and celebration friends it's time to fade to black